So no yeah. matter what's going yeah, on, that's no, your answer. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. No, that that's great because I think you know an answer like that automatically puts the other person in a, sort of a better mood. You know, like the person who asked I, how you were. I, I I hope so. I hope so. Oh. But then, like my 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 dad has another go-to reply, which he'll then fall back on. He goes, "Then if you believe that, I've got a bridge to sell you." So wow, what a twist! What a twist! Right? That's funny. So, anyways, hmm. nice to meet you over the over the radio. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Yeah, you I hear a little songbird in the back. It's my daughter getting ready and singing as she gets ready for bed. <laughs> yeah, this daughter. Uh, I've known. Daniela for a little while now and this daughter's age keeps changing so I'm pretty sure the kids made up also she keeps switching well, names you know kids grow up you know that right oh so you're on her so side you know, you've known her for how long two minutes and you're already taking her side JJ is that is that our relationship is that it no 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 I'm, I, I, I guess I'm trying to understand the logic um, exactly. What so is the logic does. of she, her trying to convince me just, that this exactly. child keeps changing its age, their age, her age? Yeah. Go on. What were you saying, JJ? <laughs> uh, no, I, I guess I was just poking fun because you know children grow up, so of course their age changes. No, we don't. You children, please come on. So you're working together on this. Is that it? Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> oh, know anything anymore. Nobody knows anything anymore. I know. The I, roaring twenties. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna play, plead the fifth. So that would incriminate <laughs> you. You understand? Pleading the fifth means that you can't speak because it would incriminate you, which would then support my accusation that you are in on this, JJ. Oh, you pretend JJ, you're just what do you have to each say? other what for the you... first time? I I plead the fifth. You, you wait, 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 are we talking, are we about, oh, wait a second. Are we talking the fifth commandment or the fifth amendment? Oh no, fifth amendment. Yes. Oh okay. You know, in, 
in court. Yeah. Well, the fifth commandment is, um, thou shalt honor their. No, thou shalt honor their mother and father. Which one is it? Right? Uh, let's explore this because yeah. are we sure we're not pleading fifth the fifth commandment? commandment is, also? No, fifth commandment is, um, honor thy mother and father. Right, honor thy mother and father. Thou shalt honor thy mother and oh, father. So then you are pleading the fifth commandment because you're clearly. Uh, telling me that this mother over here, you're honoring her story that the child's age keeps changing. There you go. Oh, wow. All right. how, how you made that fit. Oh, it Round fit. Round peg, square hole. It fit. So, JJ, I feel as though you and I at this point should just take our bows and just kind of leave and slink out the side wings of the <laughs> telephone call stage. Wow. I don't think I, I get any possible better from here on out, so I know. Well, you know, she is a she is a master of talk. Come on. Yes, I know. It is quite true. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. You know, she she can crack me up with just one word. Sticky. <laughs> Which word is that? Sticky. Which word? Uh, Cocaine. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's tell Lisa this story, please. <laughs> tell, her, tell her the story. Tell her the story. It's hysterical. Okay. So, JJ was like, let's go to Canada. And I was like, that's crazy. She's like, doesn't matter. It's happening. Let's do this. So, like, what are you going to not go? Like, we went to Canada. Um, but I had no idea how crazy they were going to be at the border. Mhm. That's what I've heard. Yeah. They are so wait, so now where where in Canada where in Canada did you Canada did you venture to? Cocaine. Oh, oh cocaine Montreal. Canada. Sure. Mon- <laughs> no, you, you, Montreal. You, I, I, I only know it by the other steaming. Anyways, um how nice. <laughs> so, yeah. so very, very lovely. We Charming. Went to uh Montreal, Cocaine City, Quebec City. And then back to cocaine, where the border people ask too many cocaine questions. Okay. Yeah. The reason I'm saying cocaine so many times. Whoa. I'm somehow getting a third call. Are you both still there? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, because uh, is because for some unexplainable reason, even though I'm not even into cocaine, every time the person asking questions and customs was asking me anything i just wanted to say cocaine <laughs> like what are you here to do cocaine who are you here to see cocaine what i don't even know where this impulse came from so then i had jj uh make sure she let me know when it was time to go through it again on the way back so that i could say cocaine as many times as possible so that i would yeah. she she Thank was you. uh she was, she fell asleep, she was napping, and she said, okay, um, wake me up, like, half an hour before we get to the border. I said, <laughs> okay. 30 minutes. So I woke her up. I woke her up. Maybe it was 20. I don't know. Whatever. It was, you know, enough time where she needed to get it out of her system. So between the time when she got up and we actually got to the border check, she was saying, cocaine, 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 <laughs> stop. Had to, wow. Um, to get it out. I I, I think I, I'm going to need to move to a different country. Um, <laughs> to Canada? <laughs> to sort of, cl- well, that's not a different, well, I guess that is a different country. 
Possibly. Possibly Canada. It was pretty nice. The last, it is. No, no, no. The last June, uh, we took a trip, me, my husband, my daughter, to Niagara Falls. We met up with our friends who had lived in our town, but then they'd moved up to uh, Toronto a couple years back. The wife is from mm. Toronto originally. Anyways, so they, they live there now. They've relocated. And um, so we, we met up, the six of us all together, in uh, Niagara Falls. So... We stayed in the uh, on the New York side of Niagara Falls. That's where I booked the hotel. And my friend was texting me as she and her family were driving over saying, oh, my God, the line at the border, it might be crazy. It might not be crazy. I don't know until I get there. So then she texts me like three minutes later. She goes, okay, this line is absolutely insane. I don't even know. We, may, we might not make it there to the hotel by nightfall. This was at 2 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. then she says, "Wow, this okay, suspense is killing me." Then she so, said, <laughs> "Okay, I'm, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you." So, so uh, I mean, she cut made out. up. Cut out so, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. So, so then, um, so then she texts me and she says, "Hold up." She says, "Me and my son. I'm not going to use his name. We're going to walk across the border." So they left, and her husband was still in the car, so they left, and they walked across the border, and then they walked to, uh, and then she texted me about, like, 15 minutes later saying, okay, we're just having ice cream at the place next to the hotel. We'll see you soon. Wow. Wow. Yep. 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 Wait. So that was, you could, yeah. But you could walk across the border without being checked? No, but there was no line to, ah. to cross. And to be checked by by a, by a pedestrian versus motor vehicle. I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. And, yeah, and then the husband, he it, for him, it was maybe about like another hour or so till he then arrived. And like it wasn't, you know, where we were staying wasn't that far from the border. It was just that crazy long line. Could yeah. they have brought the ice yeah. cream back to the husband? Theoretically. I guess. Monsters. That would be but, ice cream but, soup. But, yeah, it would be soup. One soup of ice cream. Um, and also, you know, we wanted, we hadn't seen each other, and the kids hadn't seen one another in quite some time. So, you know, we, we just took it easy. The mother and I got coffee, and and then eventually but, her husband came, and then we all had coffee. So. <laughs> That's great. The, mor- um, the moral of the story is coffee, basically. Is that your <laughs> your road trip staple? Yes. Well, that plus Pringles. Pringles. Do you have any like road Pringles. trip indulgences that are just wrong, but you're like, I'm road tripping? Do I personally? Uh, it's for everyone because mm-hmm. mine is fast food. I love fast food when Yours I'm road is tripping. Fast food? Drive through, yeah. Or even yeah. those um, rest stops. I'm just obsessed um, with them because of the weird pennies you can smash. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, those are awesome. Those are totally um, awesome. I, I usually like stopping off diners for some reason, like roadside I diners. Like, I like cocaine. Um, <laughs> Poutine. But you know, actually, cocaine. you know the you know nutter butter cookies. You know those yes, butter I, I, cookies. I know, I know yeah. them very well. So for some reason, 
I always want them when I'm on a road trip, but only when I'm on a road trip. Like, any other day, like, I have no craving for it. But as soon as I get on the road, like, and I stop for gas, I go into the store, and I look for nutter butter. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Interesting. For me, I feel like a road trip thing, not that I won't have it if I see it, it's the M&M ice cream cookie. Oh, wow. Ice cream cookie. It's a comfort food. M&M ice cream cookie. It's delicious. Wait, M&M ice cream cookie? Yeah. So you know Mrs. Is Fields? That Is that good? Uh-huh. Excuse me? Do you know their ice cream cookie where I mean, it's just like a chocolate chip ice cream sandwich? Oh, it's I, ice cream sandwich. I must bid you adieu and a good evening, <gasps> but uh, perhaps, I'm sorry. Boo. Parents like duties and stuff. Boo. But we will, JJ, it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, let's do this again sometime. Yeah. Bye. What the hell, Daniela? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it earlier or something. Yeah. But thank you, yeah, Daniela I think maybe... Rosewood. <laughs> Is she, are you gone? Is she gone? I guess she already I left. Know. I think she left. Oh my wow. god! Wow! Yeah. So. So that's motherhood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, your your kids have to come first. It's just how it is. That's why people should stop um, having them. Um, animals are the best. <laughs> um. So, have you been connecting with people? Oh, animal, animal. Okay, for for non-animal person. People with animals, that's annoying, too, because, like, you know, they so easily distract you. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, other people's animals, animals when you're in there in person, or? Right. So, you know how, like, you, you just said, like, that's why people shouldn't have kids. You know, because you were just expressing how, like, she basically just stitched you, you know, on a dime because she had to take go take care of her kid. Um, I'm a non-child, non-animal person. I don't have children. I don't have animals. And so I I also sometimes feel that way about people with animals because, like, they, they're constantly, like, put, you know, giving their animal attention. Yeah, they're awesome animals that make them happy. Unlike children, <laughs> which are fucking parasites. Think about no, it. Yeah, you're just no. drawing a little sperm parasite in your little, in your uterus. I want to say belly, but like, whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> like sucking off yeah. you. And, and, I mean, and it ruins They things. are parasitic. Yeah, they are parasitic. You know, which is interesting because, um, yeah, I don't remember the details anymore. But one of the interesting things that happened during pregnancy is something to do with the mother's immune system. Uh, you know, there's some signaling going on, you know, between the hormones or something uh, that basically tells the mother's body, do not attack this baby, even though it is foreign, and so don't kill it. <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, yeah. But, I mean, speaking of parents, but it is. I mean, babies growing in the womb, I mean, if you want to think about it, they are parasitic in a in a sense because 
they're taking all your nutrients and everything you know yeah and then i no no nobody fully recovers I mean, your body changes, yeah. I mean, I mean, think of it as changing as opposed to, you know, recovering. I mean, and when we, even if we don't have babies, as we grow older, our bodies change. And, you know, and we have, you know, so, I mean, your body's constantly changing, aging, whatever. It is dying. Basically, her body's dying. Uh, wow. Okay, we need uh, Daniela back because <laughs> we we just went to a dark place like really quickly. What the fuck, JJ? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I can curse now that she's not here. Uh, I am sad that she left with like within 14 minutes. She was like, maybe I'll do half the show, and I was like, okay, great. 14 minutes. Oh. Um. Yeah, it wasn't even 14 minutes. It was like 10 minutes. Maybe. You're probably right. Um, we, wow. I had all these questions for her. Anyway, so you did a Facebook. Ooh, ooh. Go on. Ask me. Ask me, and I'll answer as if I'm her. Let's let's give it a shot, and let's see if I could, you know, do it justice. All right, cool. I was going to ask the question I had for you, but, uh, so, what well, was it like in high school? What? <laughs> No, go ahead. Oh my god, I hear the creepy shit. Hello? I think it's probably just my cat freaking me the fuck out, but like Alright. Um, so what was it like in high school with me? Um, uh, yeah. Um, you don't you don't know this, but I said you were weird, but I liked you anyway, since I like weird. And you know, you certainly made everything interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's what she would have said. <laughs> I'm, like, trying really hard <laughs> to, like, guess what she might say in the 10 minutes I've known her. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty good. Like, I could see her saying that. Yeah? Woohoo! Maybe. Start I mean, right. we'll see. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um... Uh, so now that you're turning 24, you're officially older than I am. How does that feel? Oh, um, wow. No, she's not 24, is she? Is she really 24? I'm 21. Oh, yeah. So she's 24. Okay. Yeah. So this is a conversation that she and I had. Uh, she would know it and then be like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I would make more fun of her, her, her baby, and then we would do this bit. But she left, JJ. <laughs> Not the same. Yeah, she left. So yeah. rude. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you, you just have me now. Yeah. I deserve it, honestly. Uh, when we were in high school. No. No, you don't know the uh-huh. story. Uh, when we were in high school, I, um, uh-huh. there was this thing called Rent a Senior Day. And I didn't know about it, Uh or maybe I did. I don't remember, but I was always late to school. And then I think by like seventh or ninth period, you know, like end of day, somebody told me that I made this person, Daniela Rosewood, cry. And I was like, what are you Ah. talking about? So I didn't know that I had been rented to this person 
for the day. And what does that mean? It means you walk that person to class, you hold their books, and, uh-huh. and I forget what else. But it, it was basically that. Maybe they'll make you do something, like wear something, maybe not. It was all in good fun, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. I didn't know about it because I was not really a team player, participate like participant I wouldn't participate in school spirit stuff like I think I did the yearbook but I did the questions and I asked questions that they wound up not using like how many surgeries have you had do you have self-esteem issues like I didn't ask the right questions I asked the questions I wanted to know about the people I went to school with so I was angsty I guess so anyway somebody told me by one of the later periods that I made this person cry I was so I didn't know this, um, but I ran to their class, probably left my class, like cut my class to go do this. Um, uh-huh. And uh, and I think tried to walk her to the rest of her classes. I don't know. I was going to ask her more about it, if she remembered it or how she remembered it, because uh. I imagine her version of it is way more horrible than my version of it, because she had to deal with the feeling of, hey, I did this thing and it didn't happen And then maybe even feeling rejected, not knowing that I'm not rejecting. I have no idea. Um, You know, and I don't know if it made her cry, but I think that's what I heard. So I would love to hear all that from her. Um, And then I was called into the principal's office days later or a day later because I hurt this person's feelings by not being available. And they were like, you know, if you didn't want to participate, you could have just stayed after school. And let them know because mm. there was a day for you to stay after school and let people know that you were not willing to participate. And I asked the mm. dean if I'm the type of student who has no school spirit, doesn't know what's going on. Do you think I'm going to spend extra time after school to tell you I don't want to do this thing? Just really well, think about the, that. Then they could, uh, you know, the opt out. Uh, procedure is is actually quite complicated there. Yeah, who's doing that? <laughs> they make it they make it hard for you to uh, to opt out. There. Um, yeah, no, but it's true. It's like um, you know you don't you're not paying attention to what's going on. So how would you even know like that you need to stay, you know, uh, after school? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I even know that. Exactly. But. My defense. I'm sorry. I'm too out of touch with what's going on here to have done that. Um, yeah. Also, people with school spirit are more likely to stay after school and be like, "I want to be a slave for a day." That's what it was called. Um, all the more reason. <laughs> no thanks. What? Um, but yeah, it's weird because I'm 21, oh. so this wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, just a few years ago. Yeah. Wait, so so you were the senior or she was the senior? So here's where it gets complicated. Uh, because she's twenty four and I'm twenty one. Uh, uh-huh. but in the story I was a senior, so clearly she had uh, graduated oh, okay. but also yeah. may have been a freshman. Okay. Yeah. It it really depends on what your version of a timeline is. Yeah, there. Yeah, there is no timeline. Yeah, yeah, if you understand that that there can be twists and turns, then yes, I was a senior, she was a freshman, I'm 21, she's 24. Does it? Yeah. It all makes perfect sense, yeah. right? I don't know. It's it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Whatever you see me all, this makes sense. 
that's truth. What'd you say? That's reality. I said whatever, whatever you feed me, I'll accept it. Uh, you know, as, as reality. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, you know that that's the number one rule of improv. You know, you just yes and um, yeah. Of course, it makes perfect sense. Time's not linear. Time no. is actually it loops, or I don't know. Does it really? I have no idea. Time is a vague Time concept. is one of those. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the passage of its life or whatever. And and the thing is, right? Okay. Animals don't really have a sense of concept of time. Not really. I don't mm. think. My dog I mean, would disagree. She knows when it's time to eat. No, no, that's different. It's that's you know, that's habit. It's like, you know, she feels hungry or whatever. She yeah, she's conditioned to, you know, uh perform certain patterns. But they don't have a concept of time like we have a concept of time. Like past, present, future, you know, uh memory, uh, you know, or something. Uh, you know, age even, you know, like a dog will understand like maybe their body is getting more frail, but they're not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting old, you know? Um, How do you know? Yeah. How do you know they don't look at a puppy like, uh, fuck you? I you're right, that. I don't know. <laughs> no, mm, I mean, you you're right, you're so I don't know. you so good with your bouncy um, tail and you're playing ball real fast. <laughs> Well, fuck you, dog. You're gonna have bone problems in your hip. It happens to all of us. But um, you know, time is one of those things. I don't know. I like. I often time is one of those things where you can get really philosophical about it, or really abstract about it, or I mean, it can be measured in a sense. You know, there's a clock. There's a stopwatch. There's you know. You can measure time uh, in a certain way, um, but you know it's one of those things like you can't capture time, you can't freeze time, you can't stop time. It's, it's just time is time. Um, yeah, it's it's quite um, sort of baffling. I don't know if baffling is the right word. I'm not sure, but I did uh, hear, I've been taking a lot of classes, and in one of my classes, the teacher said that there was a mug where Beyonce has the same 24 hours a day as you, or some shit like that. Yeah. 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 I don't believe it, though. I'm pretty sure she has yeah. extra time. <laughs> she probably has help. Yeah. You know? Um well, that's the thing, right? I mean, you know, they say things like that, you know, to say, like, um, you know, you, you, no one can say they don't have the time for this or that. It's just in the way of how you prioritize and how you use time, right? You know, are you going to spend the next eight hours binge-watching, you know, a Netflix show? Uh, are you watching um, me? What is that? Tiger King? Tiger King, 
Or are you going to use that time to, like, you know, um, I don't know, put together a project or, you know, you think, for a job or, you know. You think Beyonce mm-hmm. didn't watch Tiger King? Um, I don't know. I really don't care what celebrities do. <laughs> I'm very curious I, I am so not. Yeah, uh, I am so not curious about celebrities and what they do and what their lives are like. And, you know, um, I mean, I see them as entertainers. Like, make a good movie, you know, act well, <laughs> you know, entertain me through your movies and your TV shows and your songs and, you know, whatever. Um, I, You know, I see them as, like, people, like, you know. Whatever. I don't idolize celebrities. I do have questions on them. On some Which of ones? Them. Um, oh. Um, let me see. I think the first crush, the very first crush on a celebrity I had, I think was Robert Wagner. What the fuck? What era? This is back in the 70s. This is back in the 70s. <sighs> I was like, Eight or nine. <laughs> what? I don't. Was he even a sex symbol? Like I don't think anybody was into him ever. This he, was a thing. It was what show? What show was he in? I think it was uh, to catch a thief. I think. Really? I think that it was that show. Isn't yeah. that real? It, it was either a show or a movie. To catch a thief. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, either a show or a movie back in the seventies. Um. And then after that, it was um, Sean Connery. No, not Sean Connery. Um, Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. Okay, that I understand. Wait, Sean Cassidy is different from David Cassidy. Yeah, Yeah, they're half-brothers. Ooh, I don't even know who Sean Cassidy is. Sean Cassidy, uh, the Hardy Boys. No, I gotta Google it. I'm Googling Sean Cassidy as you list all your crazy attractions Uh, Sean Cassidy was the next one and then and then my next crush was I don't remember his name I don't remember the show I just remember watching this like miniseries and the the main um, male protagonist um, just kind of fell in love with a character, I think. Um, so it was more of, you know, I was drawn to the character than the actor himself. Um, yeah. So it was like, you know, totally crushing. That Sean Cassidy or someone else? No, that's somebody else. It's, I, I don't even remember who it is. I, I, all I remember is that it was a, some miniseries and, um, you know, <clears throat> he was he was kind of a loser <laughs> really it was a period piece yeah it was a period piece like uh like the frontier era kind of you know um and um he didn't really have he wasn't smart he wasn't you know handsome he wasn't rich or anything uh but he either fell in love with this woman or the woman sort of 
fell in love with him or something. But anyway, they get together, they get married, and so it's about their life, right? <clears throat> and um, and she's way out of his league, but they still, you know, uh, they make it work and stuff. But um, yeah, I think she, I think she dies, and he got, he gets really sad. And I think it was at that point, I think, maybe that's what drew me to him, because <laughs> he got up really sad, and like, oh, I want to consult him, I don't know, you know, I don't remember the details now, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was something about that character that kind of, like, yeah. My character dude is Aiden, from Sex and the City. Aiden. I don't, yeah, I haven't really watched that show, so. I kind of like that it went from a guy being a loser to a guy being sad, and you're like, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, I think maybe I always had a soft spot for someone, like, well, here's the thing, though, like, in real life, though, if somebody, you know, like, I don't know if I would be attracted to somebody like that because in the show, um, you kind of have a bird's eye view, right? Because um, you see what he's going through and all the other things that are happening to him and, and stuff. And, um, and you could also see, like, where he's headed, you know, because you're, you know, you're an audience, right? But if you were actually in that circumstance, if it was real life, you're not with the person 24-7. It's like you don't really know all that, you know, any particular person goes through. Um, and you don't see their full potential. You only see, like, maybe one side or maybe, you know, two or three different sides, you know, before, unless you really get to know them. Then then by that time you're really invested um so yeah i don't know okay so what what's a celebrity cause that uh you uh would be very reluctant to admit oh um huh i can't think of any that i'm reluctant to admit or like any... or some, okay, a celebrity crush that you'd be embarrassed about or or something. Yeah, no, again, none of that. So um I, I'm still into Edward Norton. Oh, anybody that would age me. Like if I admitted to anybody that would be of a certain era and it's like clearly you're only into uh-huh. that person because you were alive. Those I would be embarrassed to admit. Uh, yeah, I was totally into Edward Norton for a while. When? What? Which era? Norton. Um, I saw him first time in Primal Fear. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think I was crushing him on him then, though. Uh, I mean, I saw him in that movie, and I was like, whoa, I was blown away by his performance. And like, this guy is someone to watch so I can't remember the next Edward Norton movie I saw 
but it might have been either the second or the third movie by then by that time I was like okay this guy is hot <laughs> well um, was he like could you see his body he was hot or no I think um so I I don't really you know fall for like all uh, muscles and all that stuff um I don't really fall for like your typical, like, uh, you know, yeah. Um, meathead. So I mean, it's not even meathead, but like somebody who's like very, you know, uh, like somebody that people won't would normally describe as a hunk or you know or whatever. I think what probably attracted me to Edward Norton was he seemed smart. Yeah. Um, and kind of, yeah, smart and insightful and resourceful and, you know, so really, like, I was attracted to his brain and personality and character, not so much the body, I guess. Rum- cute. Rumor cute. has it he got the it part. I'm sorry, what were you saying? What he rumor has he got the part for what? In, in Primal Fear, because he made the uh, the casting director fear for her actual life. What? Really? I mean, that's what the internet said years ago. Um, I would look it up, but that's what I believe, and I would always think that when I would go on auditions and not convince anybody that they were going to die. I gotta get there. Uh. Yeah, I mean, he he is. I mean, you know, yeah. I've had I've heard rumors about him being, you know, rather intense at sometimes and annoying at sometimes and um, controlling. And like he's a control sort of freak. Controlling, yeah, controlling and you know all kinds of things, and how he sometimes doesn't get along with either directors or producers or other actors because yeah he wants to his finger and everything kind of yeah there have been directors who have just accused him of ruining the edit yeah yeah um yeah so when i when i heard those things i started kind of not liking him as much you know because like yeah same thing happened with me and clean eastwood um I don't know. Did you just say I, I Clint Eastwood? Had, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say I necessarily had a crush on him. You know, it wasn't like a romantic crush. But I, you know, I used to love his spaghetti westerns and Dirty Harry's. And, you know, there was a time when I was like, um, watched like, and he went through this like weird period in his, um, in his career where he made these like really weird movies so this is after dirty the dirty harry's and before he did you know uh those um i guess he did more of like director stuff later on like unforgiven or even before unforgiven there was a bunch of things that he directed uh, bird. He directed Bird. He directed, uh, yeah, bunch Did of birds. So it was be- Bird. Bird. Oh. Um, so it's about Charlie Parker. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he, he actually directed a lot of, like, really good movies. But then later on, I I heard that he was in the habit of firing directors and and then finishing the movie himself and adding himself as the director. So apparently in Hollywood, there's this rule called the um, Eastwood Rule. <laughs> it's named after him. No. Uh, because he's famous for pulling this, this thing. Um, so there's this rule where, like, if the director uh, had directed a certain percentage, I don't know what the percentage is, like certain percentage of the movie, even after you fire him, you have to give him the credit, you know, director credit. Like, you can't just slap your name on it. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, this, they made up that rule because, you know, Clint Eastwood apparently did this a lot. Um, I need to look that up because but, that makes him uh, a fucking yeah. villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. Because what I knew of, of Eastwood as a director is that he doesn't start before 12 unless it's absolutely necessary for a shot. He is very streamlined. Everybody, you know, works like a well-oiled machine. They get things done on time. Everything is yeah. well scheduled, but not in a way that is um, unpleasant. It's just conducive to getting it done. Like, hey, you know, everybody, and it's just like a good team. And yeah. then the days are short. I think they're like never more than eight hours or something is what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, I he he learned the couple of directors that he learned from um, Sergio Leone, I think, is one. Uh, he did all the spaghetti westerns, and um, this other director, I think, he did the Dirty Harrys. Anyway, so he learned from these directors, and um, and they were very, you know, I think, efficient directors, and so that how he de- developed his director skills and he was you know so Eastwood is a very efficient uh director and gets the job done uh doesn't go over budget and you know whatever um yeah but I I have heard that uh he would often you know sometimes like when he hires directors uh that He's not either happy with them. I don't know. I don't know why, but, you know, what exactly it is that makes him want to fire them and then finish the movie himself and then slap his name on it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, um, This blows my mind because I just Googled it. And I'm sure people listening uh-huh. know that this is real, but that's nuts. Yeah, Eastwood rule. Now, an example. Clint Eastwood's solution to the Eastwood rule was to be the producer, director, and star of his movies. Definition, a rule legislated by the Directors Guild of America that prohibits an actor or producer from firing the director and then becoming the director himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's the Eastwood rule. Yep. That's nuts. I've definitely been on yeah. things where, like, a celebrity, quote-unquote, directed it, but it was really just the AD doing everything. Celebrity was in the trailer. Then when right. they came to shoot the behind-the-scenes, the celebrity came out and said, Rolling! Action! <laughs> Cut! And then as soon oh. as the camera people left, they, like, went back into the trailer and did blow. Oh, 
Yeah, you know, I often wonder, like, you know, um, actors who want to also direct, but they also, you know, put themselves in front of the camera. I'm like, how do you do all that? Like, I've been on film shoots. Like, being a director is hard. Um, but, but I guess here's the thing, right? Yeah, you could have the AD do a lot of the, like, the logistical stuff and handle all that stuff. But as a director, it is your vision, right? Um, you know, the film. It's it's your medium. It's your vision. You know, you're telling the story. You're, you know, directing, you know, the story. Um, you know. So I guess, like, you could kind of sort of instruct your crew, like, hey, this is what I want, and have them do it. I mean, you know. And then there's final approval in the dailies and, you know, you could have a B unit that they're going to go out and shoot what you've kind of instructed to do. Right. And they know your vision because you've worked with them before or you just have developed a great working relationship on this project, hopefully. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? So I think um, if you have competent people who are handling a lot of, you know, the different things. You have the art department, you have wardrobe, you have, you know, casting, you have, you know, location, you have, you know, there's so many different aspects, right? So if you have competent people managing all those different departments, um, and then you have competent ADs, then, yeah, then it, you know, all you have to do is really kind of like explain, hey, you know, this is my vision, this is what I want, and then the cinematographer lights the thing, and cameraman, you know, shoots, and, you know, whatever. So, so the, the director, they don't actually shoot the movies, you know, you have a camera person. Yeah, director of photography Yeah, and you also. have a lighting person. Um, yeah. I, uh, I worked on something, it was, I think, Rocky Six, Rocky Balboa, whatever it was, and Sylvester Stallone was directing, but also acting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. and interesting to watch. Uh, the scene was in his. Um, I do want to before I say that. Just have you ever heard of the movie Staying Alive? Yeah, yeah. The sequel to uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Uh, Sylvester Stallone knew that John Travolta wanted it to be like Rambo, and I feel like he just trolled Stallone with that. And I gotta look it up if he intentionally trolled him or not. But apparently, he like changed some of the writing. And if you watch the preview, like the trailer for it, it's just Stallone, and you're like, "Oh, Stallone's in this movie?" Nope, it's the weirdest. I would, I really want to know the backstory on all of it. But the thing, yeah, I, it's worth looking into. Maybe. Uh, but the thing that I, I, I worked on that he was directing or that I just had the luxury of being in the room during it was a uh, took place in Adrian's was the name of the restaurant, I believe. And the famous painting from the first one was on the back wall, gigantic painting. And uh, the scene was the new boxer. And I think his mom or girlfriend was there. And then Stallone's like, uh, you ever eaten an Italian eatery before? Uh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> cut. Uh, you ever have the lasagna? Oh, hold on. All right. So, uh, you ever have lasagna? No. Oh, it's an Italian eatery must do. Like, 
it was the weirdest thing, and I will remember that. And I think it actually made it into <laughs> the movie. That's funny. It yeah. it was to me. I don't know why, because it was so absurd. I also was at a wonderful table with some funny people, and this girl was telling a story about how she dated a guy, and then she got into a play, and then he couldn't be with her because somehow she may have had like I think a Mickey Mouse strap on at the end of the play. What? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I enjoyed the story. And then he like had to break up with her. Yeah. Which is kind of like, yeah. have you heard about, um, um, like, Frank Sinatra apparently left Mia Farrow because she was doing, what is it, Rosemary's Baby? I heard that, uh, yeah, it was around that time that he left or they separated. I, I don't know that that's why. Really? That's why? Some dark part of the the internet that I was in said that uh, it was because he was religious and it was devil stuff. Oh, I see. Which is funny because... Yeah, but... Go on. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, it's just funny to me because um, around the time that I found that out about Frank Sinatra and Mia Farrow... Uh, a dude that I was interested in and kind of like developing something with ended it with me because I was too quote unquote satanic. This is during that <laughs> bingo. Was it the time when you were doing the satanic bingo? Yeah. 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 And then in true yeah. just say the worst thing fashion, I was like, that's so funny because Frank Sinatra divorced Mia Farrow for the same shit, which made it seem like I was somehow paralleling that when I was really just, it was just funny to me because he sang a Frank Sinatra song when I met him at karaoke. But, I mean, I mean, have you seen Rosemary's Baby? I think I have. So, well, it's not like she's worshipping the devil. She actually doesn't know what's happening to her. Um... And it's, you know, it's not until the end and she sees that something's wrong with her baby. But then she's the mother, so she decides to stay to take care of her baby. Um, and, of course, you know, I think the implication is this is Satan's baby. Somehow, like, Satan has, I don't know, or something. Um, Did she have any nude scenes or, in or it? Something. You know, I don't remember. Because I wonder if it was um, something like that. I also, uh, some people have suggested that Frank Sinatra, if Marilyn Monroe killed herself, it's because Frank Sinatra broke her heart. I mean, that's, that's a possibility. But Marilyn Monroe, her heart got broken so many times by so many people. Wow. Um, wow. Did you really just say that? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's like, oh, Marilyn Monroe's heart was broken so many times. Who cares? How dare you? No, no. No, no, no. That's not how I meant it. I mean, I'm saying it, it's, it's, you know, somebody. I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, because of a broken heart. Um, but I don't know if it's Frank Sinatra or somebody else or, you know, um, but yeah, but I think towards the end of her life, she was 
kind of hanging out with the Rat Pack a lot, I think, right? I'm not sure, but I know that she had um, visited uh, Sumatra and then came back, and then the rest is history. Uh, before we go on, I just want to mention that at Radio Free Brooklyn, we always welcome new neighbors. Dashi, a new American restaurant and cafe specializing in Japanese and Asian comfort foods, has just opened at 119 Ingram Street, only a few blocks from the Morgan L Stop. They've got great dishes, noodles, rice dishes, small plates, and salads. And if you want a hamburger or BLT, they've got that too. They're open every day, most days from 9 to 8, and you can order online from Grubhub, Postmates, or DoorDash. You can check them out at dashibrooklyn.com. Let them know that RFB sent you when you welcome them to the hood. Speaking of RFB, friends, COVID-19 is disrupting everyone's lives right now at Radio Free Brooklyn. It's no exception. We want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well-being of our host staff and the community at large. We've closed both our studios and canceled live events, but our hosts are still doing their best to continue bringing new original programming by broadcasting live and pre-recording from their home studios or by selecting the best rebroadcasts of their past shows. With most of our revenue streams evaporated, we need your help. We realize you may be hurting too, but if you can afford a small donation, it would go a long way toward helping us stay on the air. There are three ways you can help. First, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. There, you can find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send you to say thanks. You can also use your phone to text RFBGIVE5, that's R-F-B-G-I-V-E-5, to the number 44321. It only takes a moment and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donations. Finally, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com slash smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB and it will cost you absolutely nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all our listeners health and happiness as we weather this storm together. Also, we do have apps, so please download them. And uh, a newsletter, check that out. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. You've been listening to Dunson. We've still got six minutes, JJ, but I wanted to make sure I got that done. And do you want to talk about your live on Facebook show coming up? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, my uh, show was scheduled for May 15th. And, um, and, Ever since New York State went on lockdown in back in March, I was like waiting, 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 and then sure enough, like mid-April, um, the governor uh, extends the uh, the pause, uh, you know, lockdown through May 15th, and it was at that point I was like, okay, <laughs> my show's canceled. Um, but I mean. I, in anticipation of something like that could happen, I was thinking about, okay, what else can I do if my show does get canceled? So thinking about doing something online and, um, and after, you know, um, brainstorming with, um, with, uh, Jody and Sebastian, um, yeah, so this idea came about. So we're going to do a listening party. Um, so I'm going to keep the same date and time, May 15th, Friday, May 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, on my Facebook page, JJ Co. Music. Um, we're going to do a Facebook Live event, and we're going to um, play for you uh, 
six, possibly seven songs that I'm currently working on for my next album. So these are works in progress. They're not complete, complete. Um, but, you know, I thought it would still be uh, fun to share them uh, in a, you know, incomplete state and, you know, play the songs for you. And also um, Julia Sebastian will be online with me and, and uh, we'll be talking about the songs, our process, you know, the concepts of the album. Uh, this is a concept album that I'm, I'm writing, so um, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, so join me. Tune did in. You, did you finally uh, get your jazz song? Or was it blues? The what? Weren't you oh, working? the blues song? Yeah. Oh, you ta- are you talking about the sticky song? No, oh. I did not write that one. No, I wasn't. Or are you talking about something else? Yeah. <laughs> uh, last I talked to you, maybe it was a blues song or a jazz song about the sticky stuff, but I thought you were legitimately working on an actual blues or jazz song. You were like, oh, it's not my usual genre, but I'm trying this. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a blues song. So that's the possible seventh song that I may not share because as of right now it's not even ready to be shared because I don't know it's not coming together for me um so we'll see we'll see what happens I mean you know we still have like a little over two weeks for me to figure out so maybe something will start you know between now and then and my hands are so sticky (laughs) Consider the sticky song. <laughs> no, but it, it's not the sticky song, though. <laughs> Got real sticky palms. <laughs> yeah. I didn't so, put moisturizer. Okay, so, <laughs> before before I go, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the celebrity that I'm often embarrassed to admit that I had a crush on. <laughs> Good. Let's hear. It. I'm gonna put some music <laughs> in the background Cage. as we as we outro. But Wait. tell me, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> what the fuck? When? Oh, during his um, Con Air, uh, Alcatraz, uh, Face Off, you know, during that period. <laughs> JJ, I love you. You have terrible taste in men. Thank you so much <laughs> for doing this show. Uh, Uh, and thank you all for listening you can check me out tonight at 7pm right here on Radio Free Brooklyn where I will be doing Art Star Scene which has already been recorded isn't it crazy anyway if you want to email me send that to our Dunson Storytelling at gmail.com thank you again JJ thank you thank you bye (laughs) bye